Welcome to Roll with Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us in this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Roll With Adventure's campaign of Shadows and Bliss. My name is Cass, and I am the Dungeon Master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This episode continues in the late afternoon of Seclum, the third of Lyonnais, in the year 1083 PR, in the small town of Barrowmans, where our heroes have learned some interesting and concerning things. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, how dexterous or not have each of you been this past week? Okay, well, I am going to take a plus one because I have four days off coming up and I feel like I could do anything, but I couldn't actually do anything, so I'm not going for the plus two. I'm just just going for the plus one because I feel good. I am going to take a minus two because earlier today, the cat that lives in my house, who shall remain nameless, <laughs> Bella, um, was climbing hear, my she leg. Just when you said her name, <laughs> was climbing my leg, and uh, I was in the middle of a meeting, so I was trying to get her to get off of me uh and instead she dug her claws real hard in and i fell out of my chair <gasps> trying to because i was like at an awkward angle mm-hmm. and she surprised me such that my leg straightened out which is the leg that i had put all my weight on so i just sort of tumbled onto the floor i mean slowly but it was very if anyone had seen it it would have been very embarrassing and thus i will take a minus two i have done nothing Strictly dexterous or undexterous for the week, so I will just take my roll and let the dice gods decide when the listeners get to hear me say a name thing again. Just this morning, uh, my roommate went out to, uh, I think it was to go shopping? I don't remember. Anyway, they didn't have their hat. Asked me to toss it down to him. Tossed it off the balcony. Got all that I had one go. If that's not worth a plus two, then I don't know what is. Let's see what you roll. Sticking with my resolution to use the physical dice. I mean, otherwise they'll never get used. Fifteen. Ten. I rolled a nineteen. So with my penalty, I get a seventeen. I am Brian. I am at Mind Over Brian on Twitter and on Twitch. Although on Twitch I spell it with a zero. Uh, I am playing Melian Barebone, the changeling barbarian who ordinarily looks like a redheaded half elf with a bitchin' scar. Um, but currently looks like a, a bandit knight. Uh, and a fun fact about Melian is that um, I'm going to reference his time in the mercenaries again. 
Um, the only person who ever beat him in a fist fight in the mercenary guild he was in was a woman named Cassandra. Uh, and Melian will maintain to this day that the reason she won is because she cheated. Uh, she punched him in the balls. <gasps> Just right off the bat. That'd do it. My name is Allie. I'm playing Quarry Anaclathi Bostukbis, a Goliath Paladin. Quarry met Babel, the man who introduced them to Sol, during their time imprisoned at the Rock Quarry. During the day, they worked hard. Babel would break rocks and Quarry would carry them. And at night, Babel would tell Quarry all about Sol. Also, public service announcement, theft of catalytic converters from vehicles is on the rise. You can help prevent this by parking in your garage or in a well-lit area. My name is David, and I am playing Jovan Savvy J. Cooperson, a human rogue, a little bit out of his element. Uh, fun fact for today, the first Are you a crime... scholar? Scholar, yes. <laughs> Sorry, kind of like hard. a rogue. I was just going to let him have it. Uh, he's, he's a rogue in implementation, um, a scholar by the rulebook. He's, he's got benefit. best of both worlds. Um... The first crime that our scholar committed was completely accidental. Uh, he was in a new city, along with uh, a friend of his that had convinced him to come here. And uh, they had just started running out of money, uh, running out of options, and a pompous noble came by, thinking that they were working for a nearby stable, and handed him off his horse, um, insulted him, and walked away. So uh, Savvy J and uh, his companion Greaves quietly agreed um, to make the best of the situation and rode away and sold the horse and never got caught. I am Sasha. I play Phalic, the half-elven bard who can speak to and was raised by ghosts. Uh, Phalic's fun fact of the day is that she does not only collect teeth. Well, you wouldn't exactly call this a collection, but she does have one very special rock that she keeps nestled and hidden within her tooth collection. There's a small green stone about the size of a quarter uh, that she found at a riverbed. And one day she met the ghost of a soothsayer who told her that it was an adventurine and that they are known to be lucky talismans or stones of opportunity. So she's held on to it because you never know when you're gonna need a lucky rock to throw at somebody. That sounds like a MacGuffin if I've ever heard of one. I aim to please. Well, now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Last session... Our party entered the small town of Barrowman's and obtained lodging. Melian and Quarry started some shopping as they went off to investigate the town garrison due to a strange reaction from the local townsfolk concerning the lack of guards in the area. On the way, they learned from Old Natty, a local hedge witch, that no one could use magic in Barrowman's anymore, which Quarry quickly proved was untrue, much to Natty's surprise, as her magic was clearly gone. Faileth and Yovan, back at their lodging, heard local legends, including the story of the founding of Barrowman's, the nearby Tenorian Abbey, and the three local mines. Our session ended 
while Kuari and Melian investigated the garrison, room by room, determining that something horrible had happened. Rooms smashed and destroyed, belongings strewn about, and the clear signs of fighting, yet a distinct lack of blood until they reached the second floor. Setting the scene, Melian and Kuari, you stand over the logbook in the guard commander's office, blood dried to the stone walls, wooden floor, and even across the ceiling, a desk. It cakes the room in almost artistic sprays, and the window behind it has been smashed inwards. A cold wind rustles through it. Melian, you have just read from the logbook, the last entry. It is only me now. I will try to hold out. I hope whoever finds this will be able to stop that which stalks us at night and put an end to the machinations of those accursed monks. I fear that I am amongst the few who have retained whatever it is she took from them. It must have been the charm from Mildred. I wish I could see her face one last time. Night is falling. It is coming. And for you, it is three hours until sunset. Oh, what's the date of that entry? The 29th of Morgren, 1083, Vilum. Oh, okay, hang on. I gotta go look at the calendar. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> here, here, I thought you would have had the calendar already pulled up and be ready. I mean, I was hoping that he was going to be like, yes, it was yesterday. But no. Um... If I loom, it's Monday. Wait, except there's only six days, apparently, in the week. So it's the second day of the week. What month did you say it was, Cass? Morgren. The one that starts with an M. Okay, so it was last month. 29th? One day after the, after the four of you gathered together in Hime's hospitality. It was the day before the new moon. So it's only been about four days? I mean, unless this current date sticker is correct, in which case it's, yeah, no, it's four days. Something that stalks them at night. Perhaps we should return to the inn before it gets too late. I'm worried for Fela. Let us go. Yes. Uh, let's bring the book with us. Perhaps there is more that it could teach us. Million hands it to Quarren. Sure, whatever. <laughs> okay, I'll take the book. Uh, and then breaks into a run. I assume that you will speed down out of the second floor, through the first, mm -hmm. and out mm -hmm. the garrison into the main courtyard. That you will quickly exit the garrison. Mm -hmm. But then we have to be very careful going down, because I hear that it's steep. And we have to stop at uh, Natty's Curiosities, because we got to pick up that razor that we're renting. Mm -hmm. I also need to stop at the apothecary. And the... Oh my god. And the general store. <laughs> but you can go back to the inn and check on Faith. But we have like three hours until sundown, I think? Here's the thing. Monsters aren't really known for their sticking to schedules, so... If there's genuinely a monster stalking about, I suspect it won't wait. So yeah, we head down and make a quick stop at Natty's to pick up the brazier. So you head down, traveling along the road that's switchbacks uh, along the front of the cliff. The small town at the base of it getting larger as you come closer. 
And once you reach the bottom, you're in front of Natty's. Okay, I go in. Would you like to talk to her at all, or would you just like to get the brazier, give her the 15 gold for renting it? Yeah, I don't think... I mean, she doesn't seem to know anything that's gone on outside her door for, like, the last week, so I don't know that there's any point talking to her. She's happy to see you again. She greets you. When you mention that you'd like to pick up the brazier, she goes, Oh, yes. Will you be renting it? Or would you like to buy it? What? Uh, as we discussed, I would like to rent. Did we? My mind must be slipping. Here you go. Can I do an insight check to see if she looks like she's hypnotized or under some kind of spell? Or is that an arcana check? Uh, give me an insight check. Okay. That is a 13. She might be old and her, her mind might be going, or there might be something else. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. But she happily takes your coin and hands you the brazier. Okay. I will take it. Traveling through down the street, Barrowman's past the low brick and stone houses, you come back to that main central square. You can see the sign painted for Naramaya and Sons. The iron sign hanging from the what possibly could be a, a barber, a blacksmith, and a farrier, all in one. You can see the stately elf, the temple. What would you like to do? I need to make a stop at the apothecary, and I'm fairly certain that last session I didn't pick up the charcoal at the general store. That is correct. Okay. You did not. So I need to stop there as well. Uh, Melian, if you feel strongly that you would like to check on Faileth, I I can take care of this. Melian is already running. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, I continue on to the, um... I think I'll go to the general store first. Okay. Uh, so you go into the general store. Uh, you see that it's not as busy as it was earlier. And Magnolia looks towards you and says, Oh, hello. Would you like to purchase something? Yes, I was here with my comrade earlier, and I would like to purchase uh, the charcoal that we had discussed. Did we? Oh, my mind must be slipping. Always seem to be missing something nowadays. She goes over and she pulls out some charcoal and looks back at you and goes, How much would you like? Guess how much do I need? Ten gold worth of charcoal, incense, and herbs. Okay, I have fifteen gold left. So Do you wanna say it's I have, you? I have the incense already. I just need the charcoal and the herbs, so I'm not really sure how you wanna divvy up. Do you wanna do five gold worth of charcoal and like three gold worth of herbs? Yeah, that sounds great. If you would like to roleplay this, we can. Otherwise, you can just say that you purchase these and then return to the end. Uh, I'd like to... I don't want to roleplay the one at the general store because I've already talked to that lady, but I wouldn't mind talking to the apothecary really quick. 
before you go to the apothecary, let's switch over to Melian as he comes into the tavern. Melian, as you come into the stately elf, uh, it's exquisite woodwork all around you. You see Yovan and Faileth sitting with an older man uh, in sort of a bit of a patchwork jacket who seems to be regaling them with some sort of story or just chatting with them. And they all have bowls in various state of being eaten of stew. And the old man appears to also be drinking. Where is the old man and the boy? In the room up there. Uh, I have brought these cloaks back. Uh, find one that fits you closely. We are leaving it as early as we can tomorrow. There is something stalking this town. I mean, we needed to leave here anyway, right? Melian's going to head towards the, the sleeping quarters to make sure that the boy and the old man march are still with us. If you go to the back room and back area and you look in, you can see Old Man Marsh up on a cot and Trent in a chair. Uh, Melian will go back there, um, hand the boy a cloak, and I guess I. Yeah, nope. He hands them both cloaks, or hands the boy two cloaks and goes, When the old man wakes, give him one of these. Uh, be prepared to leave so at first you note for that... light. So as you're saying that, you realize that Trent is actually, like, he's just fallen asleep in the chair. I'm less concerned about waking him, so I will wake him. He blearily looks up at you uh, and and takes the two cloaks and, and nods and sort of just waves you off a bit and then curls up under the cloaks that you just gave him. Sleep in a bed, man. It is better for your neck. He'll slowly climb out of the chair and crawl over into a cot. And then Melian will head back to give Yovan and Faileth a better uh, description of what uh, what they found up at the garrison. Do you make a point of asking the old man to step aside? Because if not, uh, Yovan won't. I can't speak for Faileth? Uh, no. I assume that the townspeople already know. And in fact, Melian is sort of mad that nobody told them already, so... Is that true? I... It actually would look a little bit hurt at the older man. That's a, why didn't you tell us? Didn't tell you what? How about the men in the garrison? What do you mean? He's asking why you did not tell us that the men in the garrison are all dead or taken. You haven't seen the guards in a long time. That cannot possibly be true. They have left entries in their log as recently as five days ago. Hmm. Even so, they must have been your, your neighbors. Or you would have known these men. Did you not think to ask after them? The old man's face sort of, and his eyes go distant, as if looking, but not. As if there's something that isn't registering for him as you're saying this. And he looks at you and goes, oh, that's that's just very unfortunate. Uh, Melian will dismiss him out of hand and turn to Faileth and Jovan. Uh, despite the fact that we are staying in an inn, I suggest we post guards this evening. Okay. I trust you. I'll follow where you lead. I'm a good guard. I guarded so good, nothing got past me tonight. Indeed, Faileth. You have done your mother and I both very proud, I'm sure. Ugh. I'm mad at her. Finally. No. I still need to go to the general store to pick up our winter clothes. 
Uh, Jovin, do you perhaps have the bag of gold I might use to pay for it? Oh, yeah. We haven't exactly been had a chance to spend it recently, have we? Uh, he'll, he'll pull it out and uh, pass it along. I will return with uh, with gold. Uh, this sword and shield, and <laughs> he'll lay them on the table, uh, sort of pointedly looking at uh, Jovin, are for the old man when he wakes, but should you have need, they are here for you. Jovin nods, still processing the news about the garrison, and confused about the old man's response. And then Yo- uh, Melian will take off to go to the store and pick up the clothes he ordered. Would you like to roleplay that, or would you like to just go pick them up and then... Am I going to get there and find out that she doesn't remember me? So, when you arrive and you first, like, say that you're here to pick something up, she doesn't seem to remember you, but when you do provide the name Sarkson, Mm -hmm. then she goes, oh, I have that written down, and she pulls out the bundles. Excellent. Uh, What is the total that I owe you? For the bacon and the clothes. So much bacon. 62 gold for five sets of cold weather clothing and eight pounds of bacon. Don't forget. Tell me again what the. I. As I recall, there was to be a hat for the Goliath. Oh, yes. That's in here. Excellent. Uh, would you remind me again what the name of the herb was that I should pick up from the herbalist next door? Oh, uh, Hime's Preserver or Hime's Preservation. Uh, I think it's also sometimes called uh, Traveler's Friend. Uh, it, apparently, it helps to maintain and keep a, the rations longer. Excellent. Um, as someone who traveled the wilderness a lot, do I have any knowledge of this kind of this thing? Because I'm beginning to be suspicious that maybe they've been salting their food with some some sort of herb that is making them all stoned as f. Hime's preservation you've definitely heard of before. It actually was on the list of herbs that Trent was meant to be finding, and there was an entry for it in the in the book. It definitely exists. In which case, I will go next door to the... I was going to say Haberdasher, but that's a guy who makes hats. To the herbalist slash alchemist, I think you said before, and try and buy some of this herb to preserve my bacon. Because I can think of nothing more important. You'll come in probably as Kawari is finishing up, so let's do Kawari's conversation with the apothecary. You are standing outside a small two-story building with a sign of a mortar and pestle hanging out front. The lower section appears to comprise the local apothecary's shop. I I will just go in if the door is open. You push the door open and you can you smell the herbs, the ointments, the tinctures. Just mm. it hits you that really purifying, clean, natural smell. As you come in, you see a young uh, human female, probably in about her late 20s, who is off stocking some shelves off to one side. She turns and sees you, and then she turns her head and says, Honey, someone's here. 
Uh, and there's the sound of a something being banged against. A yelp as someone probably trips over something. <laughs> and then a mid-40s male comes out who looks like what you'd expect to, f- to find an apothecary in a city looking like. Hmm. Not someone in this small of a town. And he looks up at you from behind round glasses and sort of pushes them up onto his nose and says, Wilbert Hisselwhite, at your service. Uh, is there anything particular that uh, you're looking to find? Yes, I wish to honor my ancestors and require some herbs for the process. Ah, which... Do you know exactly which herbs you would like? Are there any particularly native to your... He looks you up and down. Uh, Region of birth? I'm from the Northern Mountains. Uh, Cass, Mm. do I know of any specific herbs that I would use for this? You can list a couple off that you know grew nearby up in okay. the north. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has two of them. The, a third one, he doesn't have that exact one, but he has another plant that is the same from the same family, but doesn't grow up in the north, so it might be a decent substitute. And mm-hmm. then he has a couple different strips of pine bark and willow bark that you can use as well. And you're able to for because I think you said that you were going to spend three gold on this because you spent five on the charcoal Mm -hmm. Uh, you can spend three gold to have the appropriate herbs that you need for this excellent Uh, while he's gathering them I'd like to make a little small talk I'm new here is it always so quiet in town oh it's not that quiet oh well I, I guess it is quiet We haven't had any accidents in the mines lately. I haven't been called out to the logging camps or up to the garrison in a while. It is, I guess, I guess it hasn't been very busy. Some might say it's bad for business, but I say that it's better for all of us. I'm sure you're quite right. I haven't seen hide nor hair of a guard or a soldier. Is it unusual for them to keep to themselves like this? I don't think I've seen any of them for the past few weeks. Honey, have you? No. Maybe they're up in the mountains. Uh, Sometimes they go up there uh, whenever there's been an avalanche to check if anyone was caught in it. Hmm. As you say, perhaps they are busy elsewhere. I wonder, sir, if you would oblige me with your professional opinion. I, on my travels, have encountered uh, something that perplexes me. A a group of people that seem almost befuddled. Their memory is impaired, and they seem uninterested in the goings-on outside, for example, their home. They, they may choose to not leave their their uh, their home for for say even a week. If if you were to encounter such a thing, is there any remedy that comes to mind? 
Well, first off, I'd be quite concerned. Most people don't have a source of water inside their home. Mm-hmm. Yes, as you say, it is very strange. And after a week, I'm sure that if they were in a, a town like this, yes, they would have food reserves that would last them for quite a while, but you wouldn't want to dig into those quickly. Those are best utilized during the during the dark of winter. Hmm. It's quite possible there are herbs that could inhibit uh, individuals' uh, cognitive functions. They might not even notice, perhaps, that they were hungry or dehydrated, but it would take its toll, and if it went on for more than a week, I'm sure that you would see quite a few dead. Hmm. Mm, very interesting. Is there anything that you would prescribe for uh, for sharpening the mind, for bringing someone out of uh, such a mental fog? Or perhaps breaking uh, mental control, if that is what is wrong with the uh, individual? Hmm. Well... There are certain mushrooms that would be useful uh, to help pull people out. Uh, hmm. But likely I would try to determine what the source of it was. Hmm. If it was something continuing, then it's something that they would require continued exposure to, quite likely. And if the effect is magical in nature? Ah. Uh, I'm sorry, but if it was magical in nature, I would not be able to help you. If there is something like that you've come across, I'd suggest that you talk with uh, old Natty. Hmm. She can be a bit, a bit much, but uh, she has a soft spot for sweets. Ah, good to know. Her well, perhaps I will stop by. Uh, thank you very much for your assistance. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And as you are about to head out the door, uh, Melian opens it. Oh, Melian. Is all well? Uh, indeed. I am here to uh, retrieve the herbs that will preserve my bacon. <laughs> Most wise. Shall I wait for you? Uh, only if you wish. Yeah, Cory will wait. Uh, Melian will walk up to the... I assume there's a counter. I require some Hemes preserve herbs. Ah, you're looking for the leaves of Hemes preservation. Are you heading out on a long journey? Uh, I prefer to keep my business my own. This town is suspicious. <laughs> We're just a boring little town. Travelers are always the most interesting things. And he turns around and he pulls open a, uh, a drawer, about two drawers down. And he pulls out a bundle of that's like pressed sheets of paper and between each sheet of paper there is a large leaf one leaf can be used to wrap uh, about four pounds and we'll keep it good for about a month 
Excellent. I will require two pounds. No, two leaves. Uh, can I please have six silver pieces? Uh, indeed. Can you change a gold? Oh, of course. In which case, Melian puts a gold down. And he... He takes it, he goes into the back, and you hear some sounds, and he comes back out with four silver. Excellent. And he hands them off to you. And then he gives me the leaves. Will that be all? Yes, he definitely gives you the leaves, too. (laughs) Indeed. My thanks for your service, I suppose. And then Melian will turn and leave without another word. He sort of waves as the two of you go, and as Kawari closes the door behind you, you are now back out in the main town square. Were you able to retrieve everything you wished, Paladin? Yes, I was. Fortunately. This place is very strange. I don't know what the, um... The woman at the general store said to you, but I swear it was exactly the same thing that Nettie had said to us when I went to get the brazier. Something like, oh funny, my mind must has been slipping lately, or I can't remember the exact words, but I, it seemed uncannily similar. I do not like this town. Yes, perhaps we should uh, make some plans while we uh, have dinner. Do you intend to eat the food from the inn? I would not trust food provided by this place. Well, you may be right. It it strikes me almost more as something magical in nature, but you... Perhaps you are right. It is better to be cautious. I will examine the stew and let you know what I find. Thank you. Melian and his discerning palate. (laughs) Wait till he finds out Phelous already had a bunch of it. Oh, Oh, he already knows. Oh, he knows. Okay. But there was... I mean, he can't can't be mad at them. How would they have known? So true. Back to the inn? So the two of you head across the square, back to the inn. You pass the statue of the three maidens in the center. And off to one side, you see a ring of children that are linking hands and the small sing-song sounds of children's laughter and then at play. Mm-hmm. Do they seem, like, creepy and possessed, or just like kids out playing? Oh, they seem like just kids out playing. Okay. Melian fully ignores the children. He's got a child of his own that he needs to protect, and he couldn't care less about these children. They're not in any danger. Yeah, it's not they... close enough to sundown yet. And then I mean... you head on into the inn. Uh, and Melian will immediately go and get a bowl of the stew and then, like, start, like, pulling spoonfuls up and, like, dribbling it in front of him and then, like, dipping his finger in and licking it. <laughs> He's, like, pressing it to his... The spoon just dipped in the sauce or in the stew to his tongue to see if it turns numb or anything. Just testing it for poison. Rub some on his hand, see if his skin reacts. All that stuff. Uh, give me an investigation check. I'm really good at this. I'm definitely only a minus one. Ooh, it's 16! You don't register any signs of that you think are poison-related. It just seems like stew. If there is something affecting these town people, it is not in this stew, I don't believe. Excellent, I'm hungry. <laughs> a million offers you the stew that he's just been testing. <laughs> or he says... Oh, oh, no, 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 please, you go ahead. And <laughs> goes to get their own bowl. 
Melian, do you, or Brian, does Melian say that um, he's caught everybody up on what happened with the guards? I mean, if you come back and start to tell the story again, uh, Melian will... Yeah, probably. He'll stop you. He won't let you tell the story again. Okay, good. Uh, Also, now that Quarry is back, friendly open, perhaps you would look at this log. You have by far the best eye for uh, written material. Yeah, Yovan will happily take the log um, and start flipping through it. I don't expect there'd be much that he would find that's really unusual with it. Maybe if he can check to make sure that it was all written by the same individual all the way through, uh, the handwriting matches. Give me a investigation check and for these purposes we'll starting at the beginning of it and flipping through it and this log book is for the entire year ah it is chunky okay hey okay so that is a 22 you are reading through it i am going to drop this log book into your uh character document you read through the beginning of the logbook, sort of flipping, and it is when you arrive on the 22nd of Altor that you begin to see it change. The handwriting doesn't change, but the subject matter does. I flip to that page and pause. Uh, here, uh, our monthly shipment arrived. I wonder, was it perhaps, would this be when the weapons arrived, if they were something? Perhaps. Uh, looking on some strange black-robed monks. Brothers or sisters of Tenorians, not familiar to the garrison. Black robe, you say? Aye. A large party of black-robed monks traveled to the town towards the abbey today. I have not seen them before. Perhaps a brother or sister ordered to the Tenorians. Their black, ro- their black robes were emblazoned with a half-closed eye. Young Kurgan went out to greet them and asked if they needed directions. He said they were led by a woman. Their faces were covered in masks and they smelled horribly. The smell must be true, at least. Kurgan stunk like death and ordered him to bathe. My friends, I have incredibly bad news. There's more. There's a royal messenger that stopped by two days later that was unrecognized. And then two days later that, lights in the shriekers, a greenish light. The man whispered that is a bad omen. The day following, the men complained of a strange dream they had. My night was restless. I saw the lights again, this time coming from the abbey. The next month, Camden has deserted. The day after that, Camden could not be found. Lieutenant Baldo was taken shortly after. On the fourth of the following month, no disappearances, but something is singing a song outside. The day after another agent was taken, they heard him scream. They personally went out to look for him and with young Kurgan, and something about the sky was not right. Later on, another singing song outside that they couldn't find. Kurgan, taken on the 7th. Even taken on the 8th. Two and two days. One night of peace, but more songs, more singing out the front. 10th, Billy was taken. There is no shipment. The 11th, Drian was taken. Two and two days again. It is bolder. There's a silhouette that can be seen just outside the light of the torches. The shipment has not arrived. Thirteenth, Sergeant Mullen was taken last night. The shipment has not arrived. The monks came, brothers Milton and Clark. I thought they were coming to our aid, but they did not speak. They barely looked at the garrison as I stood before our gates. There was a masked man with them, one bearing the black robes of the half-lidded eye. I can't quite put a finger on it, but I have a bad feeling. 
Everything had started after those monks went to the Abbey. Next few days, galley was taken, Tal was taken, shipment has not arrived, monks came again, Elar was taken, Noff was taken, the monks came again, they aren't allowing them to leave. Godwell was taken, Teal was taken, Sharn was taken, Cernage Dignig was taken. They're starving, they're running out of food. He tried to leave the garrison, he took his horse and tried to ride to the pass of the sea to be blocked by the avalanche. But as he tried to leave, Barmaz the Dread... There, there was dread that clutched around his heart like a blade in his gut, and his mount, similarly affected, died on the spot. He just barely made it to the garrison before nightfall. More like this, until the 29th, when it is him, him alone, and then nothing else. Blood splatters. The Cult of These Bliss. These sound like the cultists that I saw at the bandit camp. They are from the Cult of Bliss. You've mentioned it in passing. They are evil... Uh, necromancers. They create abominations, and they... They were the ones responsible for the Blissful Rebellion. I... Jovan, have you told us the story that the old man has told us? I don't think you guys have actually had time to discuss that, as you basically came in, and Melian immediately handed the logbook over. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I, w I wouldn't have been. There's clearly something wrong with that abbey. There's... I don't know what would draw Bliss there, but I am deeply concerned. So the Bliss, you've... You've spoken about them before. You've fought them before. Yes. Are they tied up in all of this? Or just an incon inconvenient addition on the fringe of an already danger-fraught land? I wish I knew more. I wish I knew what would draw them to the abbey why they would be here. Well, a small town is a good base of operations for a cult which wishes machination secret. Hmm. Yes. We should leave at first light and make haste for Drummer Hollow and allow the army to take care of the stragglers of the previous war. There are children that need to be found. I don't know. I don't I don't know about leaving all these people here defenseless. There's no one left to guard them. We four are not enough. No, but it will be two weeks before we could send. We could before reinforcements would arrive. Then these people are already dead. We should not join them. I don't know that I can do that. We'll have to think about it. We can't save all of them. If we stay here and fight this, then Dummer Hollow falls. You have my respect, Paladin, but I will not risk Faileth and I on a fool's errand. I understand. I would not ask you to stay if it were against your better judgment. I must think Don't and have pray. Don't we the kids? What about the new moon? What about all of that? It's too late, isn't it? We've already missed it. Or it's coming and we'll never make it back in time. It's a week from here to Dwemer Hollow and we have... Most of the month left open to us, but we still do not know enough about where the next child will disappear from to stop it. But the kids have already disappeared, the boats. We're just going to let them take them. We've found them already, haven't we? We don't know where they are holding the children that they have taken. But we shall certainly not find them in another city. I thought we were waiting for the boat. We'll never make it 
back in time for the boat. Mogabeth's girl is. Aren't they gonna put her on that boat? Did I fail him already? Wasn't wasn't the boat the same boat that was at the bandits? Uh, Brian, is that did Melian tell us that, or am I misremembering? I'm not sure. So I I don't. I mean, it matches the description, but of course, never having seen that. But Melian mm -hmm. did mention mm -hmm. that there was that the they did have a black boat, uh, and that he thought it was delivering the weapons in exchange mm -hmm. for something with these cultists. Right. He just didn't see what the exchange was for because he was too busy moving crates and. Mm -hmm. Not being sneaky. I'm afraid there's too little information. The children may be in Dwemer Hollow. We didn't see them with the bandits, where the the boat with the weapons was. Perhaps they may be even further up the river. Or or perhaps they are still in Dwemer Hollow. We will find them. We will not find them here. Likely not. But if these cultists are like the ones that you saw with the boat and the weapons and the bandit camp. I don't know. I can't go to the Abbey by myself. I think that certainly is a suicide mission, but I don't know. There are, there are pieces missing here. Well, first, we will have to survive the night. Indeed. I have already suggested to the scholar and faileth we keep a watch this evening. I volunteer to take first watch. That is very wise, Melian. I shall take the one after you, then. That's... unusual, Paladin. Do you not normally take the morning watch to rise with the sun? Yes, but I fear that the greatest risk is in the deepest part of the night. Fair. Then I will have to welcome the rising sun for us both. I will take the last watch. Thank you. Alright then. As we wind down the evening, will Yovan or Faileth tell us the story of... Faileth could tell you the story, but it would focus very heavily on the scroll part. You <laughs> might want Yovan to do it. If you'd like, like, the whole story. I would love just if... the whole story. There was an old if... guy, and there were three animals, and one of them was a squirrel. <laughs> if the old man is willing, Jovan would be very happy to hear the same story again. And would continue to buy him drinks if he would indulge them. If you offer him a drink and ask him to retell the story, he definitely will. You can tell there are some subtle differences as he embellishes it in a few other places. Uh, but it is generally the same bones of the story. And I won't repeat it again for the sake of the listeners. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Jovan is just as wrapped the second time. Thoroughly enjoying himself. Are there any details from the story that you would like me to reiterate to you, though? Uh, I, I reread what you sent us last night, so I think I'm good. Did you have any questions, Ellie, um, that me or Faileth missed? So I, um... Quarry, after hearing the story, has a theory that they would like to share. Um, so after the story is told, and hopefully the old guy has moved on, and um, if there's a break in our conversation, Quarry would probably... Quarry's probably been looking pretty brooding um, 
since we first started the conversation about what we're going to do. Particularly since Corey's just found out that the Cult of Bliss has been through here. But I think Corey would finally speak up and, and say, We've been following many threads, picking up more threads as we go along, but this this story seems to have filled in many of the blanks, many of the many of the the missing pieces that I believe that all of this is is tied together. When we think about all of the things that we have learned, things like the parents' eyes glowing blue when they're possessed and surrendering their children. And the children are taken by some mysterious darkness. And in, in my dream, through the eyes of the octopus, I saw a silhouette of darkness. And, and the darkness had glowing blue eyes. And then there's the druid in the tower. We found that journal, and the journal told us that uh, someone, his master, is calling him Foscaracol, and he wrote about bound elementals screaming. And then we find, well, or we had found earlier, elementals come from these swords that Quent is selling. And that same druid, Foscaracol, he was the one that appeared in the dream, and there was a darkness with him that had piercing blue eyes, blue eyes like like the glowing blue eyes of the possessed parents. And and then this story, there's there's the man Lord Veter, I think it was, and he he commanded someone who had a name so similar of Phosphor Coal, I think it was. And Lord Veter's name means winter, and we've been looking for someone associated with cold, and he's associated with dark magic. And, and he was king of this land, or at least he felt that he was, and he is not quite dead, not quite alive, waiting for some revenge. And then there are the bandits who wish to overthrow the monarchy and are helping with the shipment of these strange weapons that have the elemental monsters inside them. And Vitor would want revenge on Westmark, on the monarchy, on the nobility. The only thing I don't know is what does he want the children for? If it is him. If I'm if I'm right in, in putting all these disparate pieces that we have collected together. I don't know why oh, he then. wants the children. It has been a long day, and I believe you are searching for connection where none exists. This folktale is perhaps similar, but so are many. I don't know. If he's not... If he's not dead, if his remains are at the Abbey, and he seeks to return to life. That may be why the Cult of Bliss is there. You are attributing motivation to a long-dead man that even Faileth would not attribute. Well... It doesn't need to be the There man. is one way. Oh? I could call him up. We could ask him. 
Even if he's not dead. Well, if he's not dead, then I can't call his ghost. But, you know, if his, he's got remains... Can you summon a soul from the ether? Yeah, sometimes. Especially if I've got something that says, or I'm in a space that was says. It could be worth a try if we... If he answers, then he, he is dead, and we need not worry about him. Question the wisdom of summoning a long dead lord based on nothing but superstition, but as always, I will defer to the wisdom of Faelith. I am very wise. <laughs> yes. Uh, Melian looks like he just ate something that tastes very sour. <laughs> put a little more credence to your theory um, that long dead man need not be the one behind it so long as there are others that believe his story and there are others still who are wishing to capitalize on that story to perhaps ignite the imaginations for their own ends if these high ranking bandits believe that Venter has come back a Venter of ancient tales and stories they might follow where otherwise they wouldn't. And perhaps we just have a mm. talented mage and carn artist behind all this, pulling strings for his own ends. It is an interesting theory, Oven. In any case, if that were the case, then there would be activity where the man was buried. They'd want to reinforce the story that they've been telling to make this happen. Mm -hmm. We'd find evidence of them there. I'm concerned that the garrison may have been turned into flesh golems by the cult. They will be formidable foes. Flesh golems? The cult of bliss is well known for killing its enemies and stealing their bodies and turning them to their own dark purpose. Govin's going to take a moment to, to look over at the older guy, make sure that he's doing alright with all this talk of stitching the garrison together into flesh columns and such. After he finished the story, and you guys started to sort of completely ignore him, he wandered off to a table where his two other friends from earlier in the morning had come back into the tavern. And they're over there having their own animated conversation. I feel kind of bad, but that works out. Cool. Alright. Um. Alright, well. Oh, flesh columns. Are they, are they clever? Are they intelligent? Are they... Cass, they are just following the orders that they're given, right? They're not... The flesh golems, yes. They just follow orders, like puppets. Right, but if they've turned them into ghouls, it's different. Ghouls are intelligent. And you never saw it on the field, but you heard tales of bodies where they would animate individual organs inside the body imbuing each organ with different magic okay. creating disparate parts that Whoa. still operated and acted perfectly together but bolstered each other with a very dark malevolence okay gross uh, so Quarry will say if it is the flesh golems they are not overly intelligent, though they are, uh, they can be difficult to defeat as they 
they are strong, but the flesh golems may be the worst of our, or the least of our concerns. If they have turned any of them into ghouls, that is worse, and during the war I heard rumors of other horrible, even more powerful dark monstrosities. If it was just these flesh columns, then there might have been a chance to, to sneak by them, or even just throw some cloaks and masks on and you know, walk through. But hmm. If they're intelligent, that's, that's also not dealt with. If you want to make an honest try of it, a building like that, ancient stone building, church, oh, those things are riddled with back passages and crumbling walls and all sorts of ways in, but once we get in there, if we're being chased down by undead monstrosities, that's outside of my area of expertise. I think there will be too many. We, I don't know. If they've taken the garrison and then who knows what's become of the monks of the Tenorian Abbey. One imagines that they would not willingly share it with the Cult of Bliss. But then again, we don't need to scout, do we? We just need to get close. Just as, long, just as well as there's undead abominations there, that must be the grave of generations of people. And those ghosts will have seen everything that happened there. And we just so happen to have a young girl. This is true. Miniature. I hadn't really considered it, but there must be a graveyard there, and they will have started to turn that to their purpose. I don't think I know what happens to a ghost if it's corpse is reanimated as a ghoul. If even one lot remains, then it would have been a perfect witness to everything that's happened there. And possibly true. one motivated to share their secrets with us. It is too risky. We don't even no, get inside, just close. It is not a matter of your skill, Faileth. It is if it is a building populated with clever and Formidable undead, even with a paladin of soul, I would not risk both you and myself. You just need something from the body in order to speak to it. I mean, it helps. I can try to reach out without it, but it's much, much harder. And I can't get them to stay, but if I've got a bit of them or something that's theirs, that they're strongly connected to, then I can keep their ghost with me for a while. Sometimes for months or years before I get bored of them or they move on or something. Well, in that case, perhaps Faileth never needs to go close at all. Indeed. I'm, I'm pretty quick on my feet. And I can move quietly when I need to. And I haven't done any grave robbing before, but it's not so far out that... I'm sure I couldn't find a bone or something somewhere. It would be helpful if we could gain more information whether the... If the graveyard is outside the walls of the abbey, then this may be possible, but if not, we will encounter too much difficulty. We can always I run. formally no, south. object bringing Faileth within such close proximity to what is almost certainly a dangerous building is beyond the pale and I I've been in dangerous places before we were literally just in a super dangerous place indeed 
but we did not go there expressly to put ourselves in danger and find information. I believe Jovan is suggesting bringing something back for Faileth. Is that right, Jovan? Exactly so. I don't want to get into any fights or anything of the nature. I just need to get into that graveyard, poke a bone, come back here, and then Faileth will have the connection she needs to reach out to uh, our ghost of that place. Far, well, in relative safety. Here in the town or even... Melian crosses his arms very uh, disapprovingly and says, I believe our best case of... our best course of action is to leave at first light. I do not like this town. I do not like these tales of undead. Nor do I like the idea of spending any more time here than we must. Then I go tonight. It is the worst time for seeking the enemies of soul. Should we encounter them, they will be stronger than they would be during the day. Ah. I'll admit my usual folks I'm sneaking past and historically have been flesh and blood like you and I, and um, souls guiding light lacking is as much a hindrance to them as to I. If this would give them the advantage, then... If you would afford us an hour, no more. We go there just as the sun rises. We see if it's even possible to grab such a thing. If it isn't, we leave then. If it is, we slip in, take what we can, slip out, and we're on the road. But this may be the only opportunity we have to find out if all of these weaving webs really do tie together so cleanly as they seem to. It was an opportunity that would be... This whole time would be lacking information at every step. We would be putting together pieces of puzzles with more... The, more puzzle missing than not. This could give us that one corner piece that allows us to start building outwards. Melian sighs. Very put upon. His arms still crossed. He turns and looks at Faileth and says... What would you have us do, Faileth? Oh, I don't know. I mean, all of this, it feels like every time we figure out what it is we need to do, it all just gets bigger and deeper and more and more confusing. I just want to know anything about what's going on. Something concrete that we can just know. And if you think talking to one of the ghosts here will give us that, then I think we should do it. <sighs> the girl has spoken. We will stay. Not a minute past first light and we'll be gone. I promise. And I'll not put any of us in any danger if it comes to it. None of our hides are worth the information we might find, but it, we gotta try. I appreciate you all giving us this chance to learn more about what goes on at the Abbey. It means a great deal to me. After we do this, though, when we talk to the ghost, we are gonna try to help the kids, right? I promised Mogabeth. If everything goes according to plan, then we will be speaking to the ghost just as we are heading into Dharma Hollow proper. It'll be on the okay. road that we call upon them. It's a, it's a week to Dwarmer Hollow, isn't it? 
I may have been a little enthusiastic. We will call <laughs> upon the ghost as we are on the road to Dwemer Hollow. Already on our way to help the children. Okay. It'll be worth it this time. Trust me. I do. Don't. That, it's like, not like I've got any better ideas. No, no, no. Ideas. You're, 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 you shouldn't. Every time you haven't said anything like that, it's led to terrible trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. Sorry, continue. Trust me, he says. What's the chances of something going wrong four times in a row? Oh, boy. Statistically unlikely. As your conversation continues, the light outside begins to dim as dusk approaches. And sunset is probably about an hour off from now. What are you going to do? If we have finished our conversation and there's not much else going on, Quarry would like to find a... I don't know whether I should do this inside or outside. Is it going to disturb people if I make an offering to my ancestors in the common room? Or... <laughs> it will include a decent amount of uh, smoke that will be scented. Okay, I'm going outside. Hopefully I don't get eaten. And what would the rest of you like to do? Elian is seeing to his weapons and I was going to say armor, but he doesn't wear it. So, just seeing to his weapons. Um, I'll be going through the book that we found in Druid's house with a little bit more renewed interest, as well as uh, going through the logbook to see if I can find any other details that missed me on the first read. Faileth is uh, seeing if she can make a blanket nest under one of the beds without Melian noticing, so that she can sleep under <laughs> it instead of on it. Sounds good. Okay, so I assume then that most of you guys are doing this in the common room area that you're going to be sleeping that has the cots that is open to people that are not mm -hmm. utilizing a private room. Uh, and then, Quarry, you're probably just out front, maybe on the little bit on the porch of the area. Mm -hmm. I'm not going too far out of the way. Faileth, I'll start with you. You're able to build a very nice blanket fort. If you are trying to really hide it from Melian, you probably should roll stealth. Otherwise, I'm sure that he will notice. Melian is accustomed to these little rebellions. And he will simply roll his eyes and allow her to continue. He's in a good mood tonight. <laughs> While you are building this fort, you, though, can hear a bit of a whisper. Your mother is talking to you. Ugh, what do you want? There's something wrong. This place, it is separate. If you do separate want a spirit, it is thin. A bone may bring you more than just a spirit. Like what? It is different. It is changed. The land. The land itself. It cries out. It rebels. Answers you will most certainly find. But if you do get a bone, make sure it is from someone that is kind. And her presence sort of fades away. Of course I'm here. 
Well? Yovan, my mother says to pick a nice person's bone because this place is not affected and if a call ghost here might more than a ghost, whatever that means, and that's probably going to be bad. So pick someone who isn't going to try to kill us when I summon him, I guess. You know, that's not something I've really had a chance to practice. How would you identify a nice person's bone? Um, you'd have to know who they were, I guess. This does put a bit of a strain on the plan. It does. Um, I'll see if I can read gravestones before probably at this moment where you maybe a gravestone that exactly. says like beloved mother and keeper of bunnies alright I'll keep an eye out for it that's right. probably wise yeah. uh, Jovan in over this hour as you are reading the log book over one more time before night falls you note that when the monks start coming to town they start coming every three days the last entry for it saying that the monks had come was on the 28th which means the next time they would have come was the first and the next time they should come is tomorrow. Okay. Noted. Good to know. Good to know. That's valuable information. You also note that it, in regards to the monks, it, the book, the, the log book basically says that it's always Brother Milton and Brother Clark, and then one black-robed. And that often their that their cart is empty when it goes comes into town, but it is covered when it leaves town. Okay. Oh, that's incredibly menacing, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Melian, uh, you are able to your your weapons are great. Um, awesome. You I you probably even. Uh, take a look at the longsword and the shield that you brought for Old Man Marsh, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that they're... Uh, that, that it's sharp and that the shield isn't gonna shatter. For sure. Yep. The, wood, the wood doesn't have any rot running through it from not being cared for properly. And your hour goes by pretty quickly. Okay. For Kawari... You take a seat outside the door, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit farther, maybe a little bit out in the grass between this building and the back of the tavern. Mm -hmm. And you place the brass brazier before you, aligning one of its prongs from the tripod base to the north, and a brief chill passes through you. You're unsure how you know that it points to the north. 
but you are confident that at that point is true. Hmm. Strange that you would, after all this time now, be intoning a ritual to the north. You had left behind everything of your septentrional roots, exiled from that domain of ice, snow, and painful memory. You check the tripod's alignment one more time, and sit cross-legged before the cold brazier. With your left hand, you lay out incense and a small holder to your left, and with your right, you gently lay out the herbs in careful packets, and dig into the base of your bag to withdraw a small vial wrapped in a scrap of hide, its cargo perhaps more precious than gold to you, for it contains one of the last few memories of joy from before your childhood was pushed from a cliff upon the Trolltotburg. Purple Mountain Sassafrage, picked with your mother near your home. You place your father's war pick reverently on a piece of cloth, and gently lay the petals for which you will remember your mother around it. You place a small pile of charcoal into the brazier, and light one of the bundles of aromatics the pine and willow bark to start the fire, placing them into the brazier to set the coal ablaze. The fire is calming, the scents and smells pleasant, but also tinged with sadness. You reach down and pluck the incense and light two of the sticks with the blaze first raising them and entreating the north winds to remain calm and not disturb you during this time. That you might honor your ancestors and those who watch over you. You place the first few herbs into the brazier's flame and begin to intone in giant. I imagine at the beginning it's a little bit halting as I haven't spoke much giant in a very, very long time, but that it kind of slowly starts to come back. In between halting words, time seems to stand still, but it does pass without fail as you place honor before each of your ancestors and those others whom you honor with this ritual as well. Who do you honor with this ritual? My parents, my my grandparents, um, my uncle, who I don't know whether he's alive or dead, but yeah, that's probably it. But I, all, I of course include the traditional thanks for blessings and gratitude for the not only seeing an arboreal octopus, which is... A blessing but um, to have one accompanying me for a period of time is exceptional the fire in the brazier grows brighter 
and tints of indigo fleck throughout it, appearing almost like circles and spots. The wind buffets around you, tossing leaves, but doesn't touch you, nor anything that lays upon the ground. Until the petals of purple mountain sassafras dance upwards, oh, a few of them swirling into the very flame, and a sense of pressure begins to build around you. Quarg feels anxious about losing those petals. The flames are hypnotic. Half-seen images forming inside them. A cliff. A wolf's maw. A jagged mountain. Chains. A stone quarry. The abbey. An unfamiliar door of stone emblazoned with the sunburst of soul. A man with long black hair and pale gray eyes in black robes standing before a vault of stone in which lies interred a sarcophagus. Its sculpted lid bearing the figure of a familiar woman laying at rest. While a shadow hangs behind the man, wrapping itself around him like serpentine coils that shift and twist. There is no sound, but the pale-eyed man makes a motion with one hand, and two others, robed in black, push past the lid, pushing it to the side, and the man reaches into the depths of the dark sarcophagus, searching for something. As he does... A metallic pendant hangs down from his neck. Upon it, the half-lidded eye of bliss. The flames twist. They freeze. The sound of glass shattering. And the fire breaks apart. The sudden darkness that comes with this, and the setting of the sun, casts your area into abject shadow. I accept the compact other half that makes me whole. You may call me Carlin. An unfamiliar voice whispers in the ancient and guttural tongue of the giants within the very corridors of your mind. You look about, your eyes adjusting to the gloom, before they fall upon the same arboreal octopus that once aided you in the Darkling Forest. Quarry? you saved from certain death. Is, like, quietly praying to Sol, uh, worried that they have, like, accidentally made a pact with, uh, something awful. In the shape of an arboreal octopus. The arboreal octopus glows pale and translucent. Like a spirit. Like the very flame of a candle. 
And as the glow fades from its form, you see that the eyes that look back at you are not those of an arboreal octopus, but rather the humanoid eyes of something far different. Before he, it blinks, and they return to those of the arboreal octopus. Huh? Its voice echoes in your mind. I rather expected it to take you longer than this to figure out what I was. I've been following you for quite a long time, other half that makes me whole. But we don't exactly have time for pleasantries right now. I've accepted the compact as laying out by the dictum of Tuanath, Snowcaller. So I really should tell you that this place is dangerous. I've been trying to for a while, but you just can't seem to hear me. All around you. Every single one of these. Figures. Etched in shadows. Devoid of light. Not at all like you or your companions or anyone robbed of light. They've been robbed of inner light. Prepare yourself. For without the light, that darkness within them will be noticed. And that which has appeared whole will be revealed as not. And as if by some perverse sense of divine humor, as the last words of Carlin's warning register to you, a feminine scream cuts the air. The scream rises into a shriek before it is joined by another, a masculine scream, only to be joined by another and another, till the world around you drowns in a cacophony of screams that twist into guttural roars. Ugh. I really... Oh, God. Um, I really quickly gather up my things. Um, I don't care so much about the brazier. I can lose that 14 gold if I... <laughs> if it doesn't survive the night out here. Um, but I want my flower petals and my war pick. As you're going to grab the individual petals, you you see Carlin reaching over, and he puts a little tentacle around the war pick and puts it up and pops it into the into like your whole into the loop that holds it at your side and pulls the bowl off the top of the brazier and folds the tripod and puts that into your bag and then climbs into your bag and flips the top closed. <sighs> Uh, once I've gathered everything, I rush inside the inn. Inside the inn, or the the building behind the inn in which all the rooms are? Oh yeah, no, there. I go to wherever my companions are. That's where I'm headed. Okay, so you head into the uh, room mm -hmm. that your companions are in. The common area that has a whole bunch of cots in that separate building behind the inn. But to the rest of you, just before Kwari throws the door open, you hear the town around you begin to erupt in screams. Is anybody in here screaming? Looking about, you guys are the only travelers. You're the only people staying at this inn. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Melian would spring to his feet, long shrug the shoulder, shrug the uh, the shield back into position. 
and uh, do that thing that warriors do when they're completely out of their depth, where he's just sort of like looking around, like, what can I hit with this sword? Is it nothing? Well, damn. Corey's gonna hold on to their halberd in case something comes in through the door, but is going to tentatively try speaking in their mind to the thing that calls itself Carlin. I don't know what you are, but we can sort that later. When you said the figures around me had no light, did you mean the people of this town? Well, they're not holy people. Oh, no. Or at least they're not completely people. But they're not... They're not not people. Well, what makes a person a person? (laughs) Uh, Cass. Yes. Does Corey know anything about, like, soul stealing or people becoming husks of themselves or anything like that? definitely heard reference to thing to extremely powerful magic ripping the soul from the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but in those cases, what's left behind is a dead body. Right. It's not something that, for all intents and purposes, appears to still be perfectly alive and exactly as they were before. Okay. One thing, though, everything is said to have been given a heart of fire by soul. An inner light. Hmm. Okay, very reluctantly, Quarry is going to say to their uh, friends, the... Trust no one in this town. The, the octopus tells me that they th- these people are not fully people any longer. Something has stolen Soul's heart of fire from within them. What does that mean? I have no idea, but I do not like the sounds that I am hearing. Right, so we take the old guy and the kid and we get the hell out of here? I don't know what chance we stand if the whole town is turned into some kind of maniac killer mob. But I don't know what our chances are here either. It all sounds pretty bad. Yes. Yes, it does. We should make haste and leave. I will strike down any who come close. Gather your things. I wish we had some faster way to get out of here. We should have looked for horses. Could we trust horses from this accursed place? No, you're right. We have money for horses. I mean, I've taken horses before, but it usually ends up with me trying to be lynched, so... Yovan briefly considers late fees on the horses they've already had. (laughs) (laughs) In the circumstances, I don't think even I would mind stealing a horse. This is not a very defensible position. Cass, what is this place like? Like, are the walls fairly sturdy? Are there a lot of windows and doors to guard? You are in the front front room of a one-story stone and brick building. Hmm. There's a fireplace on one end 
and then one of the walls, the wall that the same wall that has the door, has two windows. And then there are four rooms off this. And the doors to each of those rooms are locked. Presumably those are the private rooms that you could have gotten the key for. Mm-hmm. Is there much in the way of furniture that we could use for a barricade? There are quite a few cots. There are twelve in total. And there are a couple chairs as well. Out there we are unprotected and the cult is stronger at night. Here we could defend ourselves, but there is no escape should we be overrun. There is no way that these townsfolk will overrun me. Melian cracks his knuckles. I will strike them down. With a a few seen. Then should we stay here? We may be safer and then can leave in the morning. Do you believe that the townsfolk disappear at first light? Suspect that if they we do will... not leave immediately, we are simply giving them the chance to surround us. We think this is a specifically nighttime thing. They seemed that this happens every night. They seemed odd during the day, but as normal as they're likely to be. Well, what are they doing right now? Are they, like, storming the place, or are they just walking around? I don't know. Should I do reconnaissance? Um, I don't think it's safe, Faileth. Well, I can, I can illusion myself. I could be a bush. I wouldn't want to risk you. If these townsfolk are enchanted in the way that the ballad suggests, Faileth, even a bush might be attacked. I suppose. I mean, we could also just, like, look out the window. That's not as fun. (laughs) Are we making a stand here? Are they even coming for us, or are they just being zombies? I don't know. Let's look out the window. Yes, let us look out the window. Yes, window! Uh, Faileth runs over to the window. Faileth, you peek out the window. You are one of the... You are the only person that can look out the window and actually see what's out there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't think we should run. <laughs> I can't see. You look out the window, and the first thing I'll say is it's really dark. Dark out. But I guess it is nighttime. Like, unusually. Darker than usual. It's a new moon, isn't it? Or it's supposed to be. Unnatural darkness? It is the new moon, but that's only for Tolmy, the Grey Mother. Everything should be sort of amethyst purpley. It's not. And if you sort of angle to try and look up, it looks like there's a bit of cloud covering, but where the cloud covering you think is broken, you don't see stars. Hmm. Looking out, you don't see anyone directly out there. Clearly through these windows, you're looking at the back of the tavern and the small laneway between it and building you're currently in. You don't see any figures walking around out there. But you also, while you are looking, you do see one of the windows through the tavern, and you can see a little bit of the light coming from the fire. And then it goes out. Well? What is the status of the light in your room? Do you guys have candles left? What is the status of the light in our room? Well, I assume there was a fire in the fireplace given the time of year. Yes, there is. Okay. I suppose we... I mean, does this place come with the... their stone walls or their 
torches in sconces, or do they provide candles? There are unlit candles in holders on most of the tables by each of the cots. I assume we would have lit a few as it got darker, probably. Faileth wouldn't, but that's because she can see in the dark, so. Faileth, what do you tell your friends? I see dark. It is very dark out there. But, like, no stars dark. And not just, like, clouds covered the stars dark. Uh, Melian will stick a torch into the fire and come over to the window. With the lit torch, obviously. Doesn't just leave it in the fire like an idiot. We have been told twice that there is something amiss with the sky. Yovan, that piques to your memory of one of the entries to the logbook. There is mention of in it that there are no stars in the sky. That the sky is wrong now. Melian, you bring your torch over to the uh, window, and you see it cast light out. And just like Faileth, you don't see anything out there. But there is no light coming from the tavern now in front of you. It does seem we perhaps might be best served staying in tonight. Yes, let us barricade the door as best we can, and do you think we should cover the windows? I will barricade the door with my back, but yes, we should perhaps cover the windows. Yes, we wouldn't want our light to draw attention. Hopefully these people are as forgetful as they are during the day. Out of sight, out of mind appears to be a literal thing with them. What are you guys going to do to bar the windows and doors? What are your plans? How many windows are there? There are two larger windows on the same side as the door. In which case, I have enough javelins and hand axes that we should be able to... Uh, oh no, you said the walls were made of stone, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. I think if we put the cots kind of... If we, like, upend them so the, the flat of the cot that you would normally lay on is mm-hmm. up against the wall, then maybe we can just lean them against the windows? Does anybody have any climbing pit? Oh, that's a good question. Um... Nope. I'd be muted this... Ah... Yes, I have climbing gear. Also, <laughs> a bunch of ways that we reinforce the door. But yes. Oh, good. I would love to hear all of them. Excellent. <laughs> First off, yes, uh, I, I have climbing glare. Uh, so no no problems there. And pittance. If we want to move. Uh, reinforce. Um, the windows. Uh, we're on the second story, correct? Nope. This is a one-story. One story. The That's tavern was two stories. This separate building is one. What is our roof made out of? I was about to ask. <laughs> uh, it looks like it is wood beams and wooden shingles. Okay, at least it's not patched. Corey, tell me. Hmm. How good are these creatures at climbing? <sighs> Cass, have I ever seen anything like this? No, absolutely not. I'm afraid you I have... can't no idea. Okay. That being said, you haven't actually seen whatever uh, these are? That's true. Um, I'm afraid I can't tell you, Jovan. If these are the townspeople, they are not zombies, and they... I don't even believe that they are undead. There is something terribly wrong, though. I think up in the beams. Show me your best mess. Thinking up there, we can hide. People don't look up. Not unless they have a reason to do so. 
and that'll give us easy access. We can get through the roof if we need to be, and that allows us to escape in any direction. That sounds most wise. I I will help once we have barricaded ourselves. I will help all of you into the beams. Um, looking at the floor, uh, is the floor also made of stone? Uh, you are unsure. It is uh, wooden planks. How um, how are they secured? Nailed down. I happen to have a carpenter's kit. Could I unnail these planks? Oh, probably. Hi. Um, I'll toss uh, some gear over to uh, Melian. Alright, floor's coming up over the window. Easy as. And um, I will help him and get to work. Cory will guard the door while the work goes on. And ask Faileth to keep a watch out the window. Faileth keeps watch out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Trent and Marsh are both very concerned. They are both super spooked and sort of freaking out a bit. And Marsh is the first one to recover, and he quickly asks what he can do to help. There is a sword and a shield there for you, as well as uh, cold winter clothes and a winter cloak. Kit yourself out in case we must make a quick escape, but also arm yourself in case we must defend ourselves. He does so. Yovan, can I have a carpenter tools check? What stat would that be associated with? Just your proficiency bonus. Cool. Alright, done and done. Mm, that is only a 14. I am going to go ahead and splurge on a d4. And that's a four. Uh, 18 total. 18 total? Okay. The work is loud, but you are able to get a decent number of planks up from the floor. And it appears that there is a space underneath this. Perhaps a cellar of some kind? And so you've opened a bit of a hole down into that cellar. And then utilizing about five minutes, you can fortify the doors and the windows. I'd wave a Cory over and uh, it looks like there's a cellar underneath. I don't think it's a good place to run to if it's for their entrance to it. We'll be trapped, but perhaps it's somewhere to hide if we need to. Yes, and hopefully it's our floor is far enough above that it's not easy to access us through that hole. If it's possible, I'd like to borrow Fela's size. Perhaps take, just take a scan down there. See if okay. leads to an exit. Hmm. Clearly, it's not accessible. Faileth, if you are looking down, it looks like perhaps the wine cellar or one of the alcohol cellars extends under this building for the tavern. Looks like there's a cellar that goes here to the tavern. Can I... Would we be able to move a bed over this hole? Um, would it be... Is it a small enough hole that it wouldn't be obvious where it was? Possibly. What are you? What is your intention? If we end up having a horde of things smashing down the windows and the door, uh, rather than trying to get up to the roof and then throwing yourself off it and booking it, um, if we could instead pop down to the cellar um, 
while not leaving it immediately obvious where we've gone when they break in. We could get to the, um, the tavern and escape through there, and hopefully buy us enough time before they figure out where we've gone and where we are, um, that we get a bit of a head start before they start chasing. I might be overthinking this. But this all hinges on being able to, like, throw a bed or something over the hole so we can still get in, but uh, people break in and they don't immediately see where we've gone, otherwise we've just... With, an, with your 18 for pulling the boards up, yeah, let's say that you could definitely... It was small enough, and you removed the boards in enough, in just enough, uh, that it, you would be able to fit a bed over it. And it wouldn't be immediately visible. I'll, uh, I'll pull one into position to move it should we need to take that route and brief everyone else on the plan. Um, <laughs> and then go back to, to help. Faileth, can you give me a perception check since you're the one looking at the window? Sure. 15. So looking out the window, you don't see any shapes moving, but you hear just barely it's almost a whisper light give me your light put the candles out we should turn the fireplace off we should be dark right now are you just going to turn and start press digitating them out yep faileth what are you doing i can't see nope no light nope why what's going on what did you see I did not see anything, but I heard them. They are saying, light, give us light. But, like, way creepier than that, so there needs to be no light. I turn the last light off. Uh, creepy like they want to eat our inner light, or creepy like they just want our candles? I don't know, but I'd rather not find out. Thank you. Could you press it to take a light away from the building that might attract them? Ah, what's more range on that? Let's see. Only if you can put it far enough away from us. I can only do ten feet. Ah. That is not far enough away, no. Nope. Um. Do you actually, only have prestigitation, or do you have, like, dancing lights or anything else? Other, no. Anything I've got prestidigitation. I've got minor illusion. That's thirty feet. Uh, and I've got phantasmal force, but I have to... That's 60 feet, but I have to see target something the specific. creature I'm, I'm targeting for that one. Uh-huh. Uh, so I could do oh, 30 feet uh, if I have minor illusion something? I might be able to, uh, if we take a candle, light it, and then hide the flame with something, and then have my mage hand carry that. I can get up to 60 feet away from the building, and then take away whatever's covering the candle light. I don't know what we're covering with it. I mean, if we light a uh, uh, javelin on fire, I can throw it 120 feet. Oh, I mean, that actually might be the best bet. It's a little, little less, but I mean... Just tie a burning rag to the back of a javelin? But Malin will mention, are you sure they mean physical light and not the... What did you call it? The ineffable fire of the heart of Saul? Paladin? 
Oh, sorry, what? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't even remember what I said now. Um, <laughs> you said ineffable fire of the heart of soul? What? Yeah, Paladin? but see, the thing is... is yeah. So, so Allie, what Brian... What Melian asked you was, are you sure that it is physical light? Or is it the, like, spiritual light of soul? But he tried to use the same words the that thing you, you used said earlier. earlier. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got it. Because um, Melian was not really paying attention when you told because you were like, it's the thing that is this religious term, and Melian was like, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, it's a very good question. I don't know. I would have assumed that something else that has eaten their light would seek ours, but if the if the townspeople are missing their heart of fire, then... I suppose that it is possible that they hunger for it, and perhaps they would like to steal ours. I, I've never encountered anything like this. I'm re-rolling you on that hunting school. <laughs> <laughs> These people aren't undead. They're just missing a bit. Yeah, missing sacred soul and heart. No, they still have their souls. They're just missing their heart of fire, whatever that is. Is that not a soul? Oh, shit. I like no. Soul, soul studies. I asked Cass, and Cass said that they still had a soul, but that they are missing this heart of fire. Perhaps we should read up on it. I do not feel that we have that kind of time at the moment. <laughs> Does this town have a library? Difficult. It will also be very difficult to read if we turn out all of the actual lights. <laughs> Faileth can read to us. In lieu of inviting one in for a quick interview. Yeah, I think maybe we should be quiet. <laughs> Faileth, do you see a shadow pass by the window? Everyone be quiet now. And there's a sort of, like, grating sound. No, it's not a grating sound. It's almost as if something's being dragged. Can you roll me a flat d20? Sure. Three. Oh, no. The sound recedes into the distance. So we all die. Reroll of new characters. <laughs> Or whatever they were dragging was someone we probably could have saved or something, and now they're gone and dead forever. Faileth, are you gonna peek out the window? Yep. Yes, I am. Faileth, how would you have described the old man that told you stories today? Oh no. Old? <laughs> is it the old man you see a figure wearing the same clothing as that old man he's not facing towards you but his arms one of them is bent at a strange angle 
It almost looks like it has a, another elbow where it shouldn't. Huh. And the other is sort of enlarged, bulged. And he's walking with this strange sort of hunch to his back. That longer arm dragging on the ground. And you think that it ends in a claw. Hmm. The old guy is a zombie now. His arms are terrifying. Arms are easily removed, Fela. I don't like zombies. They should just be ghosts like decent creatures. <gasps> Melian! Zombies are my druids! <laughs> then we will slay as many as we can. I'm zombie racist! <laughs> as so I keep telling am you, I. Zombies and druids are not races. I'm zombie class- no, species until there's zombies out there and it's the old guy some time passes and again you hear more voices this time moaning But because of the distance between you, your, build, your building, and the tavern, you really can't see much. A short while later, Faileth, can you give me a stealth check? Sure. Uh, I got a 16 plus 2, 18. You see a group. They're small, these ones. Less than ten, but more than five. And they move fast. They almost seem to flicker. And then they're suddenly pausing briefly outside in the laneway at the back of the tavern. And as they pause, you think they look like children. But they're also similarly changed. Some of their limbs slightly distended or warped, some bigger or smaller. But you see the face of one of them. The nose. It's pushed up. The mouth. It's not a smile or a line. It's more of a circle. Jagged teeth. And it's their eyes. Blank, milky white. Okay, I'm going to revise my previous statement. I don't think they're zombies. I think they're horrible, horrible monsters. I thought you just finished telling me that zombies were horrible, horrible monsters. Yes, they are, but they're dead horrible, horrible monsters. And these are not just dead bodies. These are horrible monstrosities with teeth and noses and... Uh... How could they look so normal during the day? I don't know and I don't like it. If they're gonna be zombies, they should be dead. Wouldn't the yes. illusion be split by souls of light? 
While you are talking, one of them outside seems to notice its head cocking to the side as it stares towards the window through which you look, Fela. Are you going to jerk and hide away? Yes. Or are you going to continue to peek? What do you do? I feel like I'm going to instinctively jerk back, but then look again. There is now only a single one standing out in the lane, Faileth. A little girl, if this can still be a little girl. It looks like she is wearing a nightgown. Her face similarly twisted and her body changed. But of the others, they are You guys, these things are really fast. As you turn, saying that into the room, and then turn back to look out, there is one with its face pressed straight into the glass. So what I got straight no. No, into no, no, your no. eyes. No. stares back. And with that stare, I think we'll end our session. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> of course we will. Oh, yuck. Ten out of ten. Wow. Very glad that it was not Jovan staring out the window. <laughs> <laughs> listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www.rollwithadventure.com. If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com. Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes. Go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. I'm playing Dib. No, I'm Dib. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best thing. <laughs> so it smells like a Michael. I was thinking more like a vitamin those, like... shop that sells essential oils and diffusers. Like it's got that kind of perfumey, but also slightly off kind of smell of uh, vitamins and dried oh. herbs. I was just thinking the overpowering smell of eucalyptus. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> little column A, little column B. Is anybody in here screaming? No, you can hear us all through the mic, guy. <laughs> Cass, I think you're muted. Is Brian okay? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought I heard a really loud, like, coughing. You, you might have. I did actually cough, but. Oh, okay. Just checking.
It would oh be very, God. very sad if you choked to death while muted and nobody noticed. I mean, Sasha's in the same house as me, so hopefully, yeah. even if I were muted, she'd be able to hear me. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> That's true. But choking can be silent. Mm. 